Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Fiona Bennett. And I'm Michael Schaefer. How are you, Fee? I'm f- absolutely fine, Michael, in the general keeping on, keeping on way that is the only way just now in these times. Yeah. Yeah. How are Good. you? I'm all right. Yeah. You know, um, uh, the usual ups and downs of, of lockdown, but I think I'm generally managing to navigate them pretty well at the moment. I think I'm in a phase, for me it goes in phases, mm. and I think at the moment I'm in a phase of managing to, to navigate it reasonably well. So that's about all I can all I can ask of myself, I think. Well done, well done. Um, there's so much we could say about all these things, but I do mm. want to say that one of the things that has been an absolute supporter and enabler to me at the moment in this time has been the incredible love, as it were, that we've been getting back from people for the projects and for the work that we're doing, people we don't know, chiming in, sending us messages, telling us what very specifically what they're enjoying about certain episodes and also people being incredibly generous and finding a way even at this time of great difficulty in all ways to to send us donation which is so helpful for being able to keep the project going absolutely it is and it's um you know practically that makes a big difference to us um uh, but also kind of energetically it really just sort of helps us to to go no we 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 are onto something we are doing something that has value to to people and um yeah i think it's uh it, it just feels like a real validation of the, of the work i suppose doesn't it fee so um just a massive thank you to to anyone that has made donations uh, and sent messages of support it it really does help if you are able to uh, make a donation at all you'll find Details of how you can do that on our website, poetryexchange.co.uk. It's a longer poem this month than we've featured for a while, but it kind of blew my socks off a bit when I heard it. I mean, you'll hear that in the episode, I think. (laughs) I I don't try and hide that fact. (laughs) But it really was exceptional with a very beautiful reading from uh, from our guest who, who brought it into us. Fee, do you want to just share with our listeners what you told me about your walk this morning? Oh, yes. Well, I had to take my car for its MOT and walk home. And I thought I'd, I'd just listen to the conversation as I walked. And it was just starting to rain a little bit. And I put my headphones in and I pressed play on the file that you'd sent over to me, which begins, of course with our visitor reading the poem and I just started to cry. I was just immediately taken. I was immediately taken. Mm. You know, there's a lot of, we're being offered so much at the moment and we're being offered a lot of poetry in lots of different forms at the moment. And what I'm, feeling I want to suddenly say this morning in this conversation is, you know, just really encourage people to sound out poems to themselves or to their friends if they want to send them something. But actually it's just that 
you know, there is that that inhabiting of great language and the inhabiting of powerful language can give us a sense of presence and connection that uh, I think everybody's seeking at the moment. So you're going to be hearing Fiona and myself talking about Fern Hill by Dylan Thomas, the poem that's been a friend to Adrian. It's um, just wonderful that you've brought us this poem this morning, Adrian. Would you give it a read through for us? Yeah, sure, sure. Now, as I was young and easy under the apple boughs, about the lilting house and happy as the grass was green, the night above the dingle starry, time let me hail and climb golden in the heydays of his eyes. And honoured among wagons, I was prince of the apple towns. And once below a time, I lordly had the trees and leaves trail with daisies and barley down the rivers of the windfall light. And as I was green and carefree, famous among the barns about the happy yard and singing as the farm was home in the sun that is young once only, Time let me play and be golden in the mercy of his means. And green and golden I was huntsman and herdsman. The calves sang to my horn. The foxes on the hills barked clear and cold. And the Sabbath rang slowly in the pebbles of the holy streams. All the sun long, it was running, it was lovely. The hayfields high as the house, the tunes from the chimneys, it was air and playing, lovely and watery and fire, green as grass. And nightly under the simple stars as I rode to sleep, the owls were bearing the farm away. All the moon long I heard blessed among stables, the night jars flying with the ricks and the horses flashing into the dark. And then to awake and the farm, like a wanderer white with the dew, come back, the cock on his shoulder. It was all shining. It was Adam and Maiden. The sky gathered again and the sun grew round that very day. So it must have been after the birth of the simple light in the first spinning place, the spellbound horses walking warm out of the whinnying green stable onto the fields of praise. And honoured among foxes and pheasants by the gay house under the new-made clouds and happy as the heart was long in the sun borne over and over, I ran my heedless ways. My wishes raced through the house high hay and nothing I cared at my sky-blue trades that time allows in all his tuneful turning so few and such morning songs before the children green and golden follow him out of grace. Nothing I cared in the lamb-white days that time would take me up to the swallow-thronged loft by the shadow of my hand in the moon that is always rising, nor that riding to sleep I should hear him fly with the high fields and wake to the farm forever fled from the childless land. Oh, 
as I was young and easy in the mercy of his means, time held me green and dying, though I sang in my chains like the sea. Fabulous. Wow. That was amazing. Adrian, what a reading. Well, thank you. <laughs> really fantastic. Well, I love it. I love the poem. It really comes across. Somehow there was something in the way that you read it that just landed. Well, but the, the first time I read it, it kind of had that effect on me. I really connected with it because it was a, a quite a special moment when I first saw it. I was um, going to university. I was leaving home. So um, my brother had taken me to St Pancras Station to get the train up to Sheffield. And um, as he was helping me onto the train with my cases, he gave me the Penguin Book of English Verse, which is quite ironic because this isn't English. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, but he said to me, look at the last poem in the book. I think you'll like it. And the last poem is Fern Hill by Dylan Thomas. So as I was on the train feeling a real mixture of emotions, leaving home quite really excited to be going to university but quite nervous and quite sad about leaving family and uh, I read this poem and it had that real strong emotional effect on me and because it just deals with childhood and the passing of experiences and time and just some some just great great imagery I love the nature imagery I've always loved nature and birds and the outdoors, so it really struck a chord with me. But all that, all that talk about time and the passing of time, it, yeah, it's kind of like it. It does. It, it's bringing a tear to your eye. It, it's very, very moving. I'm really curious to ask about on that train. Yes, with this book in your hand, you know, you are leaving that childhood behind, aren't you? Mm. In that moment of going away from the home and into adulthood. I'm really interested if you can remember how the perspective of the poem kind of struck you at the time. I think I've always felt that it's um, kind of sad and celebratory as well. It's celebrating childhood. And, and I remember it very much as being very comforting. So even though the poem is, is kind of in a way lamenting the loss of, of childhood and that innocence. It's an inevitable process. And Dylan Thomas acknowledges that. And he's celebrating the, the innocence and the freedom of childhood. And I think to reread it actually re evokes it. It brings it back and, and you kind of, it's always there. And that's, that's, that's quite lovely as well as intellectually, there's a sense of kind of like melancholy. Um, yeah, we because we, we lose it and uh, we grow old, and things are never as never as joyful and as innocent as they were then. Uh, but I think that 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 capturing of that that mixture of emotions and mixture of kind of awareness that he does so brilliantly is um, I, well. I'm in awe of it. I think it's just fabulous the way the way it's able to do that. It's so um, 
evocative. You know, I, I grew up sort of in the countryside in, in, in a little town, but, um, you know, those summer, summer days and, uh, you know, when it's hot and the sound of the birds and the smells and just the feeling of it mm. all, he's just captured mm. so much of that. It really took me back. Absolutely astonishing. And the majority of the poem is spent celebrating yeah. all of that. And then it's just at the end where he starts to take us towards something sort of darker, riding to sleep uh, and wake to the farm forever fled from the childless land. Yeah. And then he says... Time held me green and dying, though I sang in my chains like the sea. <laughs> yeah. Green Disgust. and dying. <laughs> yes, yeah, disg- I mean, it's So to me, and please, uh, I don't know, the way I understood this was, you know, that kind of that idea that from the moment we're born, yes. we are in the process of dying essentially. Um, I guess from a scientific point of view or an intellectual point of view, that is true. Um, But he's kind of, he's allowing for that and he's acknowledging the truth of that and at the same time celebrating all the potential that there is before that moment comes. So I, I really like the way in the poem he picks out individual moments and then he creates these huge kind of like cosmic images as well so it's very it's very it's individual and universal i mean and you know he mentions the sun and he mentions the sabbath so he mentions religion and he mentions fire and air and it's it's quite elemental in its description and that so i think that final line is like it is like a big cosmic line Though I sang in my chains, and chains is again, it's a very well, there's negative connotation there, as if we're condemned to live out a life, even though we're running around and enjoying ourselves, we're all still being taken on a path uh, that there's no escape from. I, I love the and and a tumbling combination of images that just flow over you. Um, so, so there's a very um, sensuous quality to it. I think the, you know, the and, and, and also is part of that because you kind of know that's building towards somewhere as well. Yes. You kind of, you know that mm. he's kind of piling on the joy and piling on the celebration and what and what and what and you start to kind of, you know, build up to that. I was just also struck by the first word as well, now, as I was young and easy under the apple bough. Now, this whole um, conjuring with time that he does is um, phenomenal. So although there is the inevitability of the, the course of time and the chains, he's also messing with it, isn't he, by, by, by conjuring it back for us and, and giving us a present tense experience of the past, I suppose. I, th- I think that's... Absolutely right. And, and, and what he's doing, he, he's kind of combining past and present and young and old and living and dying in, in one, the combination, the juxtaposition of, of ideas and images um, is what is really impressive here. I love um, once below a time as opposed to once upon a time. 
one, once below a time, I lordly had the trees and leaves trail with daisies and barley down the rivers of the windfall light. Wow, it's just... Oh. I, I'm interested to know, was it an older brother? Yes. Was, was he often in the habit of giving you volumes of poetry? Um, no, because so he was at university himself. So he was, he was studying. So this was before he went back to university. He was studying literature, so he loved writing. He loved poetry. It was typical of him. He is quite, um, yeah, he's quite a character. <laughs> but he'd never given me a book before. I'm, I suppose I'm struck by, you know, you, you, you received this poem, or this poem came into your life at a really yeah. pivotal moment, actually. I remember yeah, that moment. And, of course, the poem is all about youth and the passing of time and, and all the rest of it. Um, and it's, it's some years later now that we're, that we're discussing it. I suppose I'm interested in how, how the poem sort of sits for you now, that you're in a different phase of your life. Yeah, yeah, well... I mean, it's interesting and, and, and just really good to be able to have this opportunity to reflect on words and images which have always, which right from the first reading struck me with their power. And to think about actually, and to see a very, very strong continuing relevance and resonance with these words, and and it's through through talking and reading it out now that it's actually those, those those words are just as powerful and just as relevant as they were when I read them on that train, and yeah, I mean, I just it's it's amazing that John, my brother, just knew that there was a poem that was so right for that moment. So on many levels, that absolutely connected and still does connect for me. Does it make you th think of your brother when you're with this poem? Always, always. Uh, and I always remember, yeah, that, that moment and that time. I do think he is right, 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 right at the top <laughs> of the ability to use language to embody the experience of living that we can't do in any other way, you know, and all that stuff that feels quite an interior yeah. sense of your experience, he, he kind of puts that out for us, doesn't he, into mm. something that's solid and that we can yes. say over and over again and that we can take through our life with us. It's, it's, a, it's a real masterpiece. Mm. And it, it, it's working on the head and the heart and the soul. Yeah. And it's got this kind of like effortless, it's a, it's almost, it feels as if it's written itself. And yet yeah. you know it's, God, that must have been so, so carefully crafted. I'm interested in whether for you there's any, whether it acts as a kind of um, prompt for you in terms of that way of being with things, whether it's not, it may be poetry or it may be, I don't know, your work, we haven't spoken about that. You know, it, it, does, it, does it act for you as a kind of manifesto of, of freedom and, and creativity? Oh. oh, that's the question. 
<laughs> I think playful. I really respond to the playfulness of it, and I like playful approaches to things. Uh, in my work, I actually work for the National Trust, and I said so I so I work with properties and I I uh, on their visitor experience. So I do training and um, and uh, I like to. I like to create an atmosphere of playful creativity. So yes, in a yeah. word, yes. <laughs> the poem right. really, really does respond. I and I respond to it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Because I think such a um this may be me bringing my <laughs> self into it, but you know, I think I've I've loved from the beginning of this conversation how often you've said it's that more. Uh, creative and playful and intuitive and emotional and all those things which um, so often in the teaching of literature it's not always that way and mm. how you mm. how you balance those things uh, and I suppose that was brought up for me because of the time at which you were given uh, the poem I too I went from Houston not St Pancras right <laughs> getting the balance is quite it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because as yeah, I mean, I sometimes feel I've I've not been sensible enough. <laughs> you know, you do, and you think that Dylan Thomas, he doesn't sound like he's being overly sensible. He sounds like he's having fun, which is great. <laughs> but then you read about his life, and it's not all it's not all great fun. So, but as ever, there's there's two sides to everything, isn't there? Mm. Green and dying. Yeah. <laughs> this feels like it would be a good moment to ask you to, uh, if you can, characterise the type of friend this poem is to you. Uh, some, someone with a, just a great sense of empathy um, who is there on your side, who understands you, who understands. It's non-judgmental. Yeah, it's, it's very deeply understanding. Fern Hill. Now, as I was young and easy under the apple boughs, about the lilting house and happy as the grass was green, the night above the dingle, starry, Time let me hail and climb, golden in the heydays of his eyes, and honoured among wagons I was prince of the apple towns, and once below a time I lordly had the trees and leaves trail with daisies and barley down the rivers of the windfall light. And as I was green and carefree, famous among the barns about the happy yard, and singing as the farm was home in the sun that is young once only, time let me play and be golden in the mercy of his means, and green and golden I was huntsman and herdsman, the calves sang to my horn, the foxes on the hills barked clear and cold, and the sabbath rang slowly in the pebbles of the holy streams.
All the sun long it was running, it was lovely. The hayfields high as the house, the tunes from the chimneys, it was air and playing, lovely and watery, and fire green as grass. And nightly under the simple stars, as I rode to sleep, the owls were bearing the farm away. All the moon long I heard, blessed among stables, the nightjars flying with the ricks, and the horses flashing into the dark. And then to awake, and the farm, like a wanderer, white with the dew, come back, the cock on his shoulder. It was all shining, it was Adam and Maiden, the sky gathered again, and the sun grew round that very day. So it must have been after the birth of the simple light, in the first spinning place, the spellbound horses walking warm out of the whinnying green stable onto the fields of praise. And honoured among foxes and pheasants by the gay house under the new-made clouds and happy as the heart was long, in the sun born over and over I ran my heedless ways. My wishes raced through the house high hay and nothing I cared at my sky-blue trades that time allows in all his tuneful turning so few and such morning songs before the children, green and golden, follow him out of grace. Nothing I cared in the lamb-white days that time would take me up to the swallow-thronged loft by the shadow of my hand in the moon that is always rising, nor that riding to sleep I should hear him fly with the high fields and wake to the farm forever fled from the childless land. Oh, as I was young and easy in the mercy of his means, Time held me green and dying, though I sang in my chains like the sea. That was Michael with the gift reading of Fern Hill by Dylan Thomas. Our thanks to David Hyam Associates and to the Dylan Thomas Trust for permission to share the poem. And our thanks to Adrian for that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation. That was my second Dylan Thomas poem, Fee. Um, we had uh, Angela bring us the force that through the green fuse drives the flower uh, when we were up at Manchester Central Library. So that episode is available to listen to, and it's um, it was a bit of a revelation to me. So, yeah, Dylan Thomas has really been brought to me through the Poetry Exchange, and I'm uh, you know, very grateful for that. That's been a really great thing for me. Something I wanted to share with you about that enthusiasm that you you have for him and for these poems, Michael, is that I can't hear the poems nor your enthusiasm for them without thinking of a wonderful production that was done at Theatre Cluid, devised and put together by a company of a Welsh ensemble of actors with Tim Baker directing. And they uh, drew on the short stories 
which are in a volume called Portrait of an Artist as a Young Dog. The stories themselves are absolutely delicious. And this company of, of actors with the words in their mouths and in a small studio theatre to just just release that kind of full body experience of language that that we were talking about earlier and in the piece of work the stories were woven together with extracts from dylan thomas speaking about his life and his work and there's one little bit that i actually looked up for you this morning before we were doing this because i must tell michael this because i Mm. know that when he was reflecting on language and his his own awakening with words and language, he said, I never thought them to be limitations. This is kind of words, really. I never thought them to be limitations, but rather wonderfully original things like eggs laid by tigers. Wow. What amazing... That's just not what you're expecting to hear. Like eggs laid by tigers. How terrific. Isn't it lovely? Yeah. 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 So I think all those things, um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening who are big Dylan Thomas fans. There might be some people who've not met his work before or who perhaps only know parts of it. Really encourage you to head to the Dylan Thomas Trust website. There's lots of wonderful resources there to take you into some further reading. And as Michael was saying, do listen back for that other episode with the force that through the green fuse drives the flower. Now, this uh, this conversation that we had with Adrian uh, was obviously done over a Zoom call, as everything is these days. But it was uh, our way of digitally, remotely trying to be a part of uh, the festival at the, for the New Writing Centre in Norwich. And... Obviously, it would have been better to have been there in person, but it actually ended up being a really great thing. We met, I think, about six people over two days. I think we'll probably have another episode that comes from those encounters, those exchanges. But it was a really, really terrific thing, wasn't it? We met some fantastic people. My memory is, Michael, that actually we met Adrian was our first one. That's right. Uh, And uh, there we were in sort of little boxes, all of us, little boxes on the screen, which is how Zoom puts you visually, and also our little boxes of space that we were separately in. And then there we were suddenly blown out to the sea and the countryside and all those things. So it was a kind of wonderful start. And I I also have to say that despite the fact that we were not able to be physically hosted by the National Centre for Writing, the warmth and care and love and enthusiasm and all those lovely things that happen when you're at a festival and you come and you're one of the many, many, many events that people are busily trying to hold and manage. We sort of, we sort of had that experience from the team there and in particular from the marvellous Peggy Hughes, who I just want to give a bit of a shout out to whose work is fantastic in all ways, including her wonderful reading recommendations, her own curation of work and her tips for, yeah, if you're looking for someone to follow on Twitter or someone to listen to uh, about the subject of, of reading, Peggy's a great person to be connecting with. That's terrific. Thanks, Faith. That's about all we've got time for this month. We'll be back with you next month with more Poems as Friends. 
Until then, stay safe and thank you for listening.